seated. I don't know why I brought my Bible up. I guess I'm just used to coming up and bringing my Bible up. Uh, well, Kirk is going to come up, minister to us today, wrapping up Joseph. You know, I thought about this. Joseph is mentioned in 14 different chapters in Genesis. So it's, there's a reason that God wants us to read and read over about Joseph. You know, there's people that you'd like to know a little bit more. I was thinking Enoch. Because all it mentions was that he walked with God and he was not. God took him. You'd like to know a little bit more about that guy. Or you'd like to, you know, there's ladies that are named in there. You'd like to know a little bit more about them. But he had us for Joseph. So I've asked Kirk to come and wrap up Joseph. Next week we hit Moses. And the reason we're going back to the Old Testament is we read in the book of Romans, we even read through Hebrews, it's these people that stood in faith and they believed God for a promise or were led by God. And as Joseph says at the end of chapter 50, in front of his brothers who sinned against him and wanted him dead, he said, God turned this around and he meant all of this for good on your behalf. So give Kirk a blessing. Come on up, Kirk, minister to us today. Bless you. Amen. Did you bring your Bibles today? Let me see your Bibles. Hallelujah. Great, great. Well, we've been, we had a lot of good teaching the past few weeks about Joseph. And we're going to wrap it up today and talk about him. I think we'll talk about Joseph living the dream. Living the dream. He, he went, as we heard last week, from the prison to number two in all of Egypt. Overnight. It just, it just fell in his lap. The dreams that he had when he was 17 years old. Now, several years later, he's living the dream. Those dreams are coming to pass. But was it that easy? Did he have some hardships overcome? Or did it just fall into his lap? Well, yes and no. It kind of did fall in his lap, but it kind of didn't. He had to get his lap to where the blessings were. The blessings are over here for Brother James. And I, I got to get my lap over here. I got to get myself over here. He, he put himself in position to receive the blessings of God. He put himself in position for those dreams to come to pass. And we're going to see that it was his character and it was his prosperous soul that caused him to prosper and be number two in all of Egypt. It was his character, and it was his prosperous soul. So we're going to look at what were his challenges, and we're going to look at what did he do right. His challenges, and what did he do right. Joseph came from a, a dysfunctional family, I think. He has some personal hardships also, we've been learning. Many of these hardships came from personal choices or lack of knowledge. Uh, it says in Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're destroyed for lack of knowledge. We're destroyed for not knowing God, not knowing his word. And we're destroyed for our wrong choices. Anybody ever made a wrong choice in life? There's my two hands right here. I have. And I think that's why we need to hunger and thirst after God's word. So we're not destroyed for lack of knowledge. I'm praying constantly, Father, give me wisdom. Give me revelation. Give me understanding. Give me knowledge. Give me your grace and your mercy, Father. 
I don't want to be destroyed for lack of knowledge. I'm hungering and thirsting after God. So what did Joseph have to go through? Well, there was some dysfunction. His, his dad had four wives and had children with all four of them. Now, not wife number one, divorce, wife number two, wife number... No, four at one time. One, one time, Justin, four wives at one time. Give me one good one, right, brother? <laughs> Give me one good one, not I'd four. Is it, woof, one is enough. It's a blessing, blessing, blessing. <laughs> uh, secondly, Jacob's family was serving other gods, Genesis 35, 2. I don't see any other, I don't see that gods on the walls of this church here. But I wonder if there's any gods on the walls at our house. I wonder what God, uh, what is an idol? An idol is something you put before God. What are we putting before God in our lives? Let's take a second to check here. What am I putting before God? I know before I was saved, I had, uh, well, I got saved, but before I was saved, I had all these posters on my wall. I had uh, the Jimi Hendrix poster, and I had the, the Beatles, and these Led Zeppelin, and these groups on the wall. And I I have my guitar, and I heard that, uh, that Clapton played his guitar six hours a, a day, so I had, to, I had to play six hours a day. And I had these idols, and Steve, sometimes I'd raise my guitar. I don't know what I was thinking. I'd raise my guitar like this. <laughs> Who was I worshiping? I don't know. I don't even know. But it's like, I was in the zone. <laughs> it was groovy, but that was a long time ago. And then I was praying one time right after I got saved, and I was praying really hard, and then something was bothering me, and I looked up, and there's Jimi Hendrix right there, right in front of my. So I, I had a spiritual moment. I got up and I ripped those posters off my wall, <laughs> burn all that stuff. So what's what's on our walls? What's in our heart? What are we putting before God? <sighs> That's a tough one, huh? What are some things we can put before God? Anybody? What's that? Career. We could put career before God. Anybody else? Our what? Our so our own desires, our own personal desires. Yes. One more. Money. Money. People. We can put people. Oh yeah, that's an easy one to do, right? Ooh, that's tempting. Another thing is, mother died when she gave birth to his brother. That's sad. His brother slept with his dad's wife. There's some dysfunction going on here. All those things, I mean, growing up, all those things will affect you, right? Those things will affect your soul. They can affect your soul. Joseph's brothers were not living for God. you have any family members not living for God? Yeah, I see some hands out there. Jacob loved Joseph more than his other children. Now, how can you do that? How can you, I don't know, how can you love someone? <laughs> and it wasn't like a secret either. I mean, maybe in your heart you're thinking, oh, this one's, I like this. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even go there. But how do you, like, make it known? You know, everybody knew that Joseph was the favorite. I just don't know how you go there. So that... That is some dysfunction right there. 
Joseph's brothers had nothing good to say to him or about him. Genesis 37, 4. They had nothing good to say to him or nothing good to say about him. Nothing good to say to him. They had nothing good to say about him. It's like, ever seen anybody go like, Ever do that to you? Like, give you the hand? <laughs> like, constantly. It was like, isn't that terrible? I don't like doing that. It's just, even, even when you pretend to do it, it's like, I got to do it to someone I know so I'm not offended. That's just like offensive just to pretend to do it. It's, they didn't want anything to do with him. Man, that is bad. Joseph's brothers hated him. Genesis 37, 4. His brothers hated him even more after he told them his dreams. If he was hated and then hated more, the Bible says, his brothers envied him and had jealous anger toward him. Genesis 37, 11. They were envious, they were jealous, and they were anger. You know, anger destroys more relationships. If we could just, marriages, whatever type of relationships we have at work, anything. Anger is anger, I think, that destroys it. There may be a situation we need to work out, but I'll tell you what, when two people get angry, two angry people equals one split. I'll tell you that. If we could put off anger, what's the Bible say? Put off anger, anger and forsake wrath. If we could put off anger in our relationships, then we could communicate. But when there's anger involved in two people, you're not communicating. There's no communicating there because there's no connection. When the connection's broken, you're not going to move anywhere. So that's why it's very important. Families, let's try not to be angry toward each other. Let's try to calm the anger down. If we could just not be angry, I think we can work out some relationships. So I'm going to work on that this week, not being angry. Anybody want to help me out, work this week and not being angry? Okay, amen. I think we'd all be better. His brothers conspired to kill him. All right, so you hate me, but now you want to kill me? What's up? What's up with that? They wanted to kill him, Genesis 37, 20. His brothers sold him to slavery for two pieces of silver. Each. Each brother got two pieces of silver. Now, I don't know how much that was. I was kind of doing a little research. Somewhere between 40 bucks and 600 bucks. Two pieces of silver each person got. So split it in the middle. I don't know what the math is. 280 bucks. What can you buy for 280 bucks now? How much, is, how much does an Xbox cost, Jason? How much is it? Four, four, you can't even buy an Xbox for that? What can you buy? You can buy like a, a halfway decent watch or something. I don't know. But they didn't really make any profit. They sold their brother to slavery for a few hundred bucks. I mean, that is just bad. That is really bad. I mean, uh, Joseph's down the pit. Man, they only, only asked for a few hundred dollars. You could have asked for some more. You only sold me for that much. <sighs> His brothers uh, lied to their father and covered up their sin. A lot of dysfunction going on. Let's go to Proverbs 28, 13. Proverbs 28, 13. 
I'm going to get there. Okay. He that covers his sins will not prosper, but whoso confesses and forsaketh them will have what? Mercy. He that covers his sins will not prosper. Family, when we sin, let's run to God and not run from God. We've heard that before, right? I think we need to remind ourselves, when we sin, we need to run to God. We don't want to cover our sin. It's really not worth it, because God knows. You can't cover your sin, right? What was Adam and Eve thinking? We were hiding in the garden from God. I think he can see everything. You can't really cover your sin. The only place you're covering it is in your heart. If you're making things worse when you cover your sin. If you sin against your brother, well, just go to him. And I, I, it's, it's, it's tough. The toughest thing is just going, I'm sorry. After that, it's like this biggest weight is off your shoulder, right? But if you cover it up, it just gets worse and worse. Uh, you got to tell another lie. I think Pastor Tom last week, a lie, and you got to tell another lie and another lie to cover it up. He that covers his sin shall not prosper. Whoso confesses it and forsake it shall have mercy. The school I taught uh, in with uh, at-risk youth, we had a saying, when you mess up, accept, correct, and move on. And I'm not sure that's in the Bible, but it sure, it kind of sounds like it. Accept, accept it, correct it. In other words, acknowledge it, correct it, repent, and then forget it, move on. Accept, correct, and move on. All around him is dysfunction, sin, and hatred. He was sold again into slavery to the Egyptians. That's twice. Like, I don't know, how long was it? A week, maybe, Pastor? I don't know, within a week or something like that? I'm not too sure. But within a week, he was sold twice into slavery. Goodness, twice in one week, I'm sold. He was subject to sexual harassment by his boss's wife on a daily basis. I guess they didn't have an HR department back then. <laughs> right now, you, they'd be all over your case. Anybody working corporate? Man, you can't even say boo anymore. i tell you that. He was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife of trying to force her. Hashtag me too. Uh, he was falsely put into jail. Man, that would get you down. I mean, you hear the judge's hammer coming down. Guilty. So they put him in jail. Man, I don't know if it, it doesn't say, well, you're going to jail for a week. You're going to, just, they just put him in jail. Uh, he was only there for what, was it two years? He was only there for two years, but it could have been 20. He could have been, spent the rest of his life there. He didn't really have any hope except for his dream coming to pass. That was basically his hope, was his dream. The butler forgot to tell Pharaoh that Joseph was a good guy and let him go. When he interpreted his dream, he said, hey, remember me. Tell, tell Pharaoh I'm a good guy. Let, you know, I want to get out of here. I've been here. I'm falsely accused. Get me out of here. But the butler forgot. I mean, like, 
it's been a week, it's been two weeks, it's been a month, and I must have forgot. Oh my goodness. So there's a lot of stuff that he had to go through. Um, so this great thing, this number two in Egypt, it did fall on his lap, but he had to go through some stuff first. But through it all, he prospered in every place he happened to be. As Potiphar's slave, he prospered. He ran the whole joint. He ran the whole place. In the jail, he prospered. He prospered in the jail. He was in control of everything. Everybody in the jail. The jailer didn't even think about it. All he did was just whatever Joseph did, the jailer went, around, went along with it. Um, in a super important position as to save Egypt and the world, he prospered. Everywhere, every place he went, he prospered. And it was because of his character, and it was because his soul prospered. In the end, Joseph had all the money in Egypt. If you remember, there was a seven plentiful years and seven lean years. And then the lean years, lean years started, the people ran out of money. And they came to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh, we're starving to death here. And Pharaoh said, don't look at me. Go talk to Joseph. So they went to Joseph. Joseph, we're starving. And Joseph said, well, I, guess I have some food for you. Let's, I'll sell you some food. They were very happy. So they started buying food, and they ran out of money. It said they ran out of all the money. Joseph got not some of the, Joseph got all the money. All the money. And then they ran out of money, so they came to Joseph. Joseph, we're, we're hungry, but we ran out of money. He said, well, you have some cattle? I'll trade you cattle for food. So they gave him all the cattle. And that lasted a while, and they were sustained. And Joseph got all the money and all the cattle. Not some of it, all the cattle. And then they ran out of cattle. So they came to Joseph, Joseph, we, get, we, know, we have no more cattle. What should we do? He said, well, you know, give me your land. So in the end, Joseph got their land. He's got all their money, all the cattle, and all the land. And the people were happy. They were happy to give him the money and to give him the cattle and give him the land. And they were ready. To, well, you're, we'll be your slaves. We just don't want to die. So Joseph had all of everything. My goodness, that is quite a lot of prosperity there. Um, what did Joseph do right? Let's see. I want to know. He had a lot of hardships, but what did he do right? He was doing right. He was pleasing God, even though his brothers were not. Uh, ever, ever experienced peer pressure? I think we all have. Even, uh, even if you're not in high school, you still have peer pressure out there. Let's look at 1 Timothy 5, 22. 1 Timothy 5, 22. 
It says, do not lay hands on anyone hastily, nor share in other people's sins. Keep yourself pure. Don't share in another's sins. Keep yourself pure. Whose job is it to keep yourself? It's my job to keep myself. That's my job. My, God's not going to keep myself pure. It's my job to keep myself pure. Well, I'm just going to let go and let God. Well, that's not how it works. It's a nice little saying. But it's your job to renew your mind, your job to present your body to God, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. How can you do that if you're watching TV all day long? It's just not going to happen. We have to feed ourselves with God's word, get rid of those idols and whatever else is weights and sins we're carrying around. Uh, Proverbs 13, 20. Proverbs 13, 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Don't you kind of go to the level of people you hang out with? If I'm ha hanging out with a bunch of people on drugs, I guess I'm going to go to their level. If I'm hanging out with spiritual people, I'm going to go to their level. Who are you hanging out with? Maybe it might be a good time to find some new friends because you're going to go to the level of people you hang out with. I'm thankful for my wife. I get to hang out with her. She's a spiritual person. And we encourage each other. We all need someone to encourage each other in the Lord. So single. when I was single, I had a lot of single friends. We'd, we'd get together. We'd encourage each other and, and, and build each other up. Find someone to encourage you, and you encourage them in the Lord. Very, very important. Mark chapter 15, 15. Mark 15, 15. Matthew, Mark. It says, so Pilate wanting to gratify the crowd... Oh, my goodness. It, it's the, the crowd will pull you. It's easy to get pulled by the crowd. I know. It is, it's easy to get pulled. You want to be accepted. You want to be cool. You want to be accepted by the crowd. It, it is. They, uh, so Pilate wanting to gratify the crowd, released Barabbas to them and delivered Jesus. Let's look at Romans 12, 2. Romans 12, 2. If I'm being a little hard today, it's only because I love you and I want the best for you. I don't want you to lose your dream. I don't want you to die without your dream being fulfilled. I don't want you to be beaten up by the enemy. So I, I say these things out of love. Romans 12, 2. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. How? By the what? By the renewing of your mind that you may prove as a good, acceptable, perfect will of God. You renew your mind. That takes an effort. Let me show you how to do that. 
Five o'clock in the morning, ding, ling, 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 ling. Okay, five o'clock, get up. I'm going to renew my mind. I'm making a choice. If you set your alarm every day, maybe to read your Bible or do something to get you to, to renew your mind to God's word, are you driving down the street? It's tempting for me. I want to listen to all the, all the um, talk show hosts, you know, and the, the political people. I, I really want to, uh, nope, I got to stop. I'm going to put in a, uh, some type of teaching thing, and I'm going to, it's tempting. I don't get to listen to that political stuff as much as I want to. But I have to make a choice to renew my mind. It's a choice I have to make. And it, yes, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. I want to listen to music or whatever. And music is great. But there needs to be a feeding of your soul, a renewing of your mind with God's, with God's word. Let's see, what else did he do right? He didn't hearken to listen to Potiphar's wife seducing him. She took his coat, but not his hope. She stole his jacket, but not his dream. They threw him in prison, but he didn't throw away his passion and his dream. Joseph served Potiphar and Pharaoh. He wasn't lazy. Pharaoh promoted him, and then it says... Right after he promoted him, it says, and then Joseph went out to all these cities and started doing business. He just, day one, boom, he was, so are we working hard? Do we work hard at our jobs? Are we diligent? Joseph was diligent. This talking about character and talking about a prosperous soul made Joseph prosperous. I'm going to tell you how to be, one way to be prosperous on your job, one way to get advanced this is all. This is my opinion. So, um, it's my opinion. If you want to advance at work, stay late. Volunteer for stuff. If they say, "Can you do this?" You say, "Yes, I can do that." Of course, you're not going to go crazy and kill yourself. But the way to advance is to do more work and show them that, "Hey, I'm, I'm the, I'm here. I'm eager." And I'm, I want to do well. That's one way to get advancement at work. I know there's a balance there. Joseph was super trustworthy. He was really trustworthy. Potiphar committed all into his hand. All he thought about was what he's going to have for dinner. Someone every day would say, hey, Potbelly. I mean, hey, Potiphar. Um, what do you want for dinner? And that's all he thought about was, you know, what's the next meal? Joseph took care of, any, of everything. The prison boss committed all into his hand. He ran the prison. Whatever he did in prison, the Lord made it to prosper because of his character. Because he had a prosperous soul. Because he put God first. Joseph also loved people and wanted to meet their needs. Genesis 46, the Bible says he checked on the prisoners. In fact, he went around, I believe he did it daily. He went around and he checked, and it says he, he, he checked up on the butler and the baker, and he saw that they were sad. And so he said, you know, guys, what's going on? So he checked, he loved, he loved people, and he cared for People. Let's go to Philippians 2, chapter 1. 
Philippians 2, 1. We're getting there. Ephesians, Philippians 2, 1. There, therefore, if there be, is there for, ah, let me start over. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship, fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill you my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through self-ambition, or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, that each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but for the interests of others. There's a joy that comes when you stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about other people. There's a joy when you start thinking about, stop thinking about your own financial needs, and you can start thinking about, mm, who can I bless? Who can I be a blessing to? There is a joy when you, at a point where you can reach out to other people, and what other, not just financially, but to reach out and to be a blessing to people. If you're taking notes, you can write down Romans 15, 1 to 6, about ministering to people. Joseph also was a good listener. Genesis 48. We need to know when to listen and we need to know when to give advice. That's one thing I've had to learn since being married. Because it seemed like I, was, I can fix whatever problem you got, sweetheart, I can fix it. Whatever it is, just, I can fix it. And that's the hardest thing to do is not try to fix everybody's problems. I don't know why. My wife tells me something, I, I got six answers right away. I, let's do this, 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 and we can fix it six different ways. But I've learned not to do that. I've learned because she doesn't want me to fix it, does she, Steve? She wants me to listen, right? She wants me to listen. So I've had to become, and I'm learning this, learning to be a better listener. And Joseph was a listener. Now, he didn't get discouraged. You think about all these things. He didn't get discouraged. How did he not get discouraged? He kept the dream in front of him. He kept his relationship with God. He didn't say, my dreams didn't come to pass. Why should I help others with their dreams? Woe is me. He wasn't bitter. He was patient in tribulation, Genesis 40, 50, uh, 40 14. He had feelings and emotions about being in prison, but he didn't let bitterness rule him. He didn't blame God for his problems. God is never the problem, family. God is not your problem. Now, our flesh, demons, our unrenewed mind, that could be the problem. That's our problem. But God is not your problem. Never, ever, ever blame God in your life. If you blame God in your life, you're going backwards in life. It, it, blaming God, first of all, is prideful. I'm going to blame God? Who am I to blame God? Blaming God is 
It's prideful, and it kills your faith. It's just, you can't move forward if you're blaming God. It's just not going to happen. All right, what else did Joseph do? He walked with God, so close with God that God used him to interpret dreams. He restored relationships with his brothers. He kissed each one of them before sending them back to their father with their grain. He blessed his brothers instead of retaliating against them. In the end, he brought all his family and kindred together in unity. Psalms 133 says, How blessed is the brethren to dwell in unity, for their God commands the blessing. Joseph's life wasn't easy in the beginning, but there's no testimony without a test. There's no triumph without a trial. There's no victory without a battle. There's no success without a struggle. There's no achievement without some adversity. There's no winning if we have no race to run. There's no mountaintop without a climb. There's no King David without a Goliath. What are we going to overcome if there is no obstacle? Joseph prospered because he had a prosperous soul on the inside. Let's look at 3 John. We'll close with this. 3 John chapter, well, 3 John 1, 2. How did Joseph do it? How did Joseph handle all this dysfunction, all this bad that came to his life? And he had a good attitude. All through it, he had a good attitude. He had a prosperous soul. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as your soul prospers. I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health, just as or even as your soul prospers. Even as says, to the degree that. So, Family, we're going to prosper. And we're just not talking about finances here. We're talking about prosperous soul in every area of our life. We are going to prosper. God says so. The guy that lives inside your heart, he said that you're going to prosper. You're going to prosper. We are going to prosper as our souls prospers. To the degree that our souls prosper, Ben, is the degree that we are going to prosper in life. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we are so thankful for your word. We're so thankful that what you've spoken to us about Joseph, we thank you, Father God, for giving him as an example to us that we may learn, that we may make changes in our lives that need change. Holy Spirit, bring to our remembrance this week something that we heard today. Something, Holy Spirit, be honest. Be honest this week. Just prick our hearts, minister to us something that we may practice, that we may do to be like you, to be imitators of God, as dear children walk in love. We give you the glory. We give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. One of the things that we see in the Bible that's so powerful, in fact, it's the word obedience. Joseph is obedient. And that's why later next week there can be a Moses. He's not obedient. There's no nation of Israel, right? There's no, there's no Israel. I was reading this week, um, getting ready for Moses. Moses was around because of the obedience of his parents to not throw him in the Nile, as Pharaoh said. There's a Moses because Pharaoh was obedient, or because his parents were obedient to God. And Moses writes, he's the one that writes Exodus. He doesn't even put his mom or dad's name in there. It's all about obedience to God. So, like, when my son Friday night says, you know, Dad, I'm going into the fourth quarter of my sophomore year. It's already fourth quarter of the year? <laughs> you know, you think, Lord, have I been obedient enough that my children see that their father's been obedient to you? That they become obedient to you? Because we're all links in the chain. We don't just look at Joseph just because he's in Genesis just to kind of read a story about Joseph. No, no, no. Part of it is, is for our instruction to look back at a life because our life has to be like that in obedience to God. And whatever dream he's placed in your heart, notice that even through Joseph's life, even as Kirk mentioned, Joseph did not not interpret somebody else's dream because he wanted his first. He always made sure that other people had their dreams followed. So, Lord, we pray today that let our obedience to you be first place because we're all connected to others around us. And though our names may never be mentioned, we don't know our name mentioned. The only name we want mentioned is the name of Jesus. Lord, let them see in us Jesus. Let them see a difference, not because of where we grew up or who we're connected to, but let them see a difference in the relationship that we have with your son, Jesus. We bless you this day. Father, thank you that this week we go back and we look at the obedience of Joseph and remind that God never gives up on his dream in our heart. We bless you, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen, 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 amen. So remember, right after service, you're teaching again, right? Round two. All right, next door, Christian Ed Building. Encourage you to stay. Great seeing everybody. Everybody awake now? Kind of getting there? All right, everybody awake. Did anybody's <laughs> clock not go off this morning that you thought, oh, but you made it anyways? Well, make sure again, hug somebody before they go. Tell them you're glad to see them. Look forward to seeing you this next week. And remember, ladies, Thursday night. Bible study, 6, six o'clock. God bless you. Have a great day.